Friends, the following episode is likely the most important one we've ever recorded. It addresses the overturn of Roe v. Wade, a decision that will severely impact not only a person's reproductive rights, but threatens to impose legislative restrictions on historically marginalized people, including Black, Indigenous, low-income, and LGBTQI communities. We ask that you listen carefully to the information we present. It includes a history of Roe v. Wade, important statistics on the issue of abortion, and specific actions we can take to support the sanctity of human rights. We strongly suggest that you share the link to this podcast with as many allies as possible. Our goal is to strengthen our voices for human rights and take action to support legislation which will protect people's reproductive freedoms. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today, as always, with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Today, we're going to be discussing the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. We'll share some of the history of Roe v. Wade, and we'll talk about ways that we can support the idea that women's rights are human rights. Let's just take a moment to talk about our reactions to this decision. Frankly, I've been deeply shocked and profoundly disturbed by this announcement. Roe v. Wade has protected women's rights to manage their own bodies and reproductive health care for more than 50 years. To have that right taken away is a devastating infringement on human rights and a frightening prediction of things to come. I was also shocked by this decision. Even though the draft was leaked a few weeks ago, to hear it actually made into law was so disheartening. It really feels like we took a huge step backwards in the struggle for human rights in this country, which, in a time of so much conflict and turmoil, is really depressing. I know. When the premature leak of the decision came out, I just didn't believe it. I thought it was posturing. I didn't take it seriously. I honestly didn't believe that the overturn of Roe v. Wade would ever happen. I was in total denial. So when the announcement finally came out this past week, I was blown away, furious, frustrated, frightened about the implications of this decision and the clear threat to our democracy. But as I continue to process all this information, I'm coming to see that this decision can serve as a powerful turning point for our democracy, that so many people who have sat on the sidelines for so long can now be sufficiently motivated to get off our affirmation and demand the freedoms that our country stands for. Our voices matter, and for those who are shocked into silence, we need to use this opportunity to come together and do everything we can within the framework of the law to take nonviolent action to protect human rights. Unity of San Luis Obispo belongs to an international organization called Unity Worldwide Ministries, which stands for the sanctity of human rights for all people. Recently, they put out this important statement, which I'd like to share with you now. 
and is available at unityslo.com. Quote, We at Unity Worldwide Ministries feel deeply disturbed and heartbroken by the decision of the United States Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, denying the constitutional protections of women's productive rights, which have been in place for the past 50 years. The implications of this decision are far-reaching since there's a real possibility that other human rights are in danger of being revoked as well. Unity Worldwide Ministries believes that all human life is sacred and worthy of respect. Because of our deeply held spiritual beliefs regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion, we stand for the rights of women to make their own decisions concerning their bodies and their medical treatment. We believe that reproductive rights are human rights, which do not require government intervention, and we will advocate for those rights based on the foundational principles of our faith. To the women who are being impacted by this decision, please know that our member ministries are committed to supporting you in every way we can. We pray that the combined efforts of all spiritual communities who advocate for human rights will make a powerful and positive impact on legislation that will free women to have autonomy over their productive rights and medical care. The next part of the statement emphasizes prayers for guidance. Unity Worldwide Ministries joins in prayer for right outcomes. We acknowledge the worth of all people, including women, and we affirm the presence of infinite intelligence that guides decisions regarding their life's unique path, including their health and reproductive choices. We give thanks for the insights, resources, and support that show up as answered prayer. I feel so grateful for the support of our Unity Headquarters and the support of our member ministries. I also think it's really important for us to get as much information as possible about the history of the Roe v. Wade decision so that we can make informed comments and become rational and inspired proponents of our points of view. For our research today, we have used findlaw.com, ushistory.org, and npr.org. Roe v. Wade is a 1973 lawsuit that led to the ruling of the Supreme Court on abortion rights. At that time, abortion was illegal in Texas unless it was necessary to save the mother's life. Jane Roe, who was an unmarried pregnant woman, filed suit to challenge the Texas abortion laws. As a result, the Supreme Court decided two things. First, that the U.S. Constitution provides a fundamental right to privacy that protects a person's right to choose whether to have an abortion. Second, that the abortion right must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting health and prenatal life. The constitutional right to privacy comes from the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court recognized the right to privacy going all the way back to 1891. Just one year before Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court said, quote, In a constitution for a free people, there can be no doubt that the meaning of liberty must be broad indeed. In Roe v. Wade, the court decided that this right to privacy extends to control over pregnancy. 
The justices agreed that being forced to continue a pregnancy imposes a number of risks such as physical health, mental health, financial burdens, and social stigma. The court stated that the Constitution doesn't provide a definition of a, quote, person, and after examining other cases related to unborn children, the court decided that, quote, the unborn have never been recognized in the law as persons in the whole sense. The Roe v. Wade decision also discussed many of the different religious views on when life begins. For example, many in the Jewish faith believe that life begins at birth, but those in the Catholic faith believe that life begins at conception. The law found that it's not up to the states to decide when life begins, but the court did say that the privacy right does not prevent states from putting in some regulations on abortion. The court created a framework to help balance states' rights with privacy rights. They said that during a pregnant person's first trimester, states cannot regulate abortion. However, they can require that the procedure be performed by medical professionals. But during the third trimester of pregnancy, the state may prohibit abortions unless it's necessary to save the life of the pregnant person. So, the important thing to remember is that Roe v. Wade was not the case that legalized abortion. That description isn't exactly accurate. What it did was change the way states could regulate abortion, and it defined abortion as something that was covered under the constitutional right to privacy. It's interesting that Roe v. Wade didn't change the number of abortions performed each year in the United States. In the years before the decision, statistics say that there were over one million illegal abortions performed. After Roe v. Wade, the number stayed at around one million performed legally. The important thing is that the rates of death resulting from abortions dropped significantly in the years following Roe. Of course, there have been many opponents of the Roe v. Wade decision who argue that since the Constitution doesn't talk about abortion, it should be left up to the states to regulate. Others say that a person should be protected by the Constitution at conception. The Supreme Court recognized how important an individual's personal background would influence their views on abortion. The court stated, quote, One's philosophy, one's experiences, one's exposure to the raw edges of human existence, one's religious training, one's attitudes toward life and family and their values, and the moral standards one establishes and seeks to observe— are all highly likely to influence and color one's thinking and conclusions about abortion. Justice Harry Blackman stated that, quote, abortion will never be a simple issue because someone's opinion of it depends on the view of the world and when they believe life begins. In the years that followed Roe v. Wade, several issues have been decided involving abortion clinics, fetal viability, and where and how abortions can be performed, but nothing as radical as the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. So, let's talk about the impact of that decision. Both the International Federation of Gynecology and Obstetrics and the UN Fund for Population Activities both agree that lack of access to safe abortion care is one of the leading causes of preventable maternal death and disability. 
Each year, 47,000 women in the world die as a result of unsafe abortion, and an estimated 5 million are hospitalized for the treatment of serious complications such as bleeding or infection. More than 100 global healthcare groups around the world have signed on to this statement. Anu Kumar, president and CEO of IPAS, an international group that works to expand access to abortion worldwide, said that doctors offering abortion and people seeking abortion will likely face criminal charges. He stated, quote, In Brazil, we've seen police raids of abortion clinics, and in Nicaragua, we've seen doctors stop providing life-saving treatment because they're scared of arrest. In places like El Salvador and in the past, Nepal and Rwanda, women have been put in jail when abortion is criminalized. The Global Fund for Women, which is a group that funds gender justice movements around the world, stated, quote, Abortion bans are designed to constrict people's control over their bodies, lives, and futures. They disproportionately harm historically marginalized people, including black, indigenous, and low-income communities. Legislative restrictions on bodily autonomy, including abortion bans, anti-trans policies, and constraints on gender-affirming health care, are violent embodiments of racism, sexism, and oppression. There's no question in my mind that the consequences of overturning Roe v. Wade is just the beginning of an effort by right-wing extremists to control our freedoms and take us from democracy to autocracy or even theocracy. But the most important thing to remember is that despite the challenges that lay before us, we need to see this as a powerful opportunity to come together in a unity of purpose and stand strong for our freedoms. So the question is, what can we do? Well, First, we need to contact our representatives and do it often. They need to know that we want them to put Roe v. Wade on the ballot in November and do everything they can to support reproductive rights. There's an app that's very easy to navigate called Five Calls. It connects you with the name of your representative, their number, and if you need help, a script related to each issue that concerns you. Go to wherever you get your apps and you'll be able to get started. It makes the whole process very easy. Use social media to share messages of hope and to report any meetings or marches you may be involved in. It's important to make our efforts as visible as possible so that others know they're not alone. Social media is also important for connecting with others and sharing ideas. Remember to speak with dignity on social media. I'd like to say social dignity on social media. It's really, really important because there is so much anger and so much trolling on social media that we rarely get a chance to honestly, rationally, and with dignity debate those issues. So avoid arguing with those who oppose your point of view. Speak only about the issues, not personalities. Remember, no name-calling under any set of circumstances. If we need to vent our feelings, we need to do so in a private place. 
We are blessed to have Mahatma Gandhi and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as our role models for nonviolent action based in the power of love. Support organizations that are working toward reproductive freedom. NARAL, Pro-Choice America, Center for Reproductive Rights, Planned Parenthood, and the ACLU are all given four stars by Charity Navigator, which means they are reputable and responsible nonprofit organizations. Unity of San Luis Obispo is dedicating a portion of our tithes to supporting reproductive rights. Friends, action is the antidote to helplessness. Stay engaged and stay hopeful. Remember to keep protests nonviolent and to speak only about the issues, not personalities. It's not about demeaning anyone. It's about sharing the principles of equal rights for all and doing it with pride, with dignity, and with clarity. Use your spiritual practices to remind yourselves that you have the inner fortitude and the wisdom to rise above adversity and become a voice for freedom. Please get off your affirmation and become the change you wish to see. We can do it. We will do it. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please connect with us on our Facebook page and on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. Look forward to hearing from you.